You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples effectively. This is Jay Gordon, and I'm here with Chris Amaro. I lead the small groups ministry at the church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama, where Chris is a small group leader. Both of us have a passion to help you make your small group great. Well, here we are, Chris. Uh, we've been talking about this a while, and um, we are sitting across from one another at a table recording our first podcast. And one of the questions that our listeners might want to know is, why on earth do we need another small groups podcast? Well, we're going to answer that. And also, I wanted to do an episode zero. And you might ask, what on earth is an episode zero? I want to let you know it's not a real episode. If you're here for equipping, you might want to wait and tune in to episode one. <laughs> but uh, for right now, uh, this is we're going to call this our friends and family episode. And we're going to answer some questions for friends and family. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you doing here? So anyway, um, Chris, my co-host, just told me we've been here two, what, an hour and a half, and we've recorded uh, two, minutes. two minutes of, <laughs> of two content. Two minutes and 54 seconds. So okay. I feel like that's, you know, improvement. Hey, it's, uh, it's more than we had done last week, so that's we're right. making progress. And so anyway, um, I think it would be cool now to tell just a little bit of the story about how we got here. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit more explicitly in a few minutes about um, – you know, some of my passions, and Chris shares those passions about just helping small group leaders grow. But, um, you know, this idea has been simmering in my head for a while about doing a podcast. And I was curious, since my main target is is small group leaders here at Brook Hills, how many of them actually listen to a podcast? So I sent out a, a survey on some software we had and asked them, hey, do you listen to a podcast? If you do, um, how often do you listen a week? Um, how long is the link, you know, perfect length for a podcast? And I had a comment section down at the bottom. And Chris Amaro was unfortunate enough to <laughs> indicate in that uh, section something. What was it, Chris? What was it you said? I've always wanted to do a podcast. Well, basically, I have always loved listening to podcasts. Um, I just enjoy the content you get out of them. And uh, I basically gave you a listing of like every genre of podcasts that I listen to and how I've always wanted to record one and uh, probably elaborated for way too long than I should have. Well, it was long enough for me to say that Chris was really interested in the podcast world. And so I think it was probably the next Sunday I saw Chris in the lobby at Brook Hills and I said, um, hey man, would you like to co-host my podcast? And he immediately <laughs> said, sure, when do we start? <laughs> so that's the way it all got started. I remember that. Yeah. Because I was coming out, uh, my wife and I serve in the preschool ministry, and we were coming out of our class, was waving to you, saying, hey, good morning. And you were like, hey, good morning. Podcast? You want to host one? I was like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that now you know how we, we got started. One of the things I'm thinking, um, I heard somebody that was really interested in a podcast a few weeks ago said that they went back like 20 episodes and started at episode one. And so, you know, a lot of the people that will be listening initially know us, but it, in case somebody comes back later, and, of course, we are doing the friends and family episode, I thought it would be good for us to intro ourselves a little bit. So um, why don't you start, Chris, and uh, sure, just tell yeah. us a little, bit, a little bit about your family and what you do. Absolutely. So uh, my wife and I, Wendy, uh, we've been married 14 years, um, and we have four children, Andre Kate, Cole, Jackson, and Lucy. Uh, ages fifth grade to three three years old, 
Um, and uh, so we're kind of right in the thick of it, I think is what most people would say. Uh, still got potty training going on, and <laughs> we're also dealing with uh, the, the tween years. Um, so you would say uh, I've started to earn my stripes as a dad. Oh, man. Uh, for my day job that I'm not quitting, uh, <laughs> I work as a software engineer uh, for a company out of New York. Uh, so that's um, always been a fun enterprise industry to be in. It changes every five minutes. So my wife and I have attended Brook Hills since 2006, uh, and we've been leading a small group since 2018. So Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the story of how you became a small group leader? Yeah, sure. So it's, it was actually kind of interesting. I never thought I'd actually ever be a small group leader. Um, I grew up Catholic, so that was kind of a, uh, a transition point for myself when I became a believer. Um, and my wife and I joined a small group in 2013. We had a great small group leader, and our group grew pretty quickly uh, to the point to where we had to multiply. I think we started with nine families. I think you were to this stage, we couldn't call it a small group anymore. Is that correct? I think community church is what you <laughs> labeled us as. Yeah. So just for statistics perspective, um, we started with nine families and 21 children. And at the end of our uh, five-year uh, plan, uh, well, not plan, but at the end of our uh, five years, we uh, were at 27 families and 91 children. So, wow. yeah, that was That's definitely incredible. multiplied out. It was great, too, because uh, the whole transition part was beautiful. And for uh, those who don't know the story, maybe you were going to get to this, but um, every now and then this happens at Brook Hills, but we see a group go from one group to three groups. They totally bypass the multiplication <laughs> one to two. They go one to three. And yeah. Chris's group was of the size they could do that. And it's uh, it's pretty fun for a staff member to see that coming along. Yeah, and, and it was a lot of fun to live through, too, because there was obviously there was some doubt and some uncertainty about, okay, well, you know, are, are we going to have small group leaders step up? Are we going to have some men that are going to come into this group and, and lead? And I think what we saw was just a natural growth of people who had been trained by our small group leader just kind of behind the scenes, didn't even realize it, uh, and just kind of nurtured along the way, and it just naturally happened. We had uh, three great groups come out of it, no pun intended. Um <laughs> And uh, my wife and I were uh, fortunate enough to, to have uh, be a part of that process. Um, and then what we didn't realize is that we'd have new couples and families join our group as well um, as it kind of matured. So, so that's where we are, and uh, we've absolutely had a blast with it. So That's cool. Um, as I said in the intro, I'm uh, the small groups minister here at the church at Brook Hills in Birmingham been here a little bit over five years, and I think one of the funny parts of my story is that uh, David Platt was pastor when I started interviewing, and the church I served in Arkansas, we had an explosion. I tell that story sometimes, they're thinking like a growth explosion, and I'm going, no, the air conditioning unit on top of the building exploded <laughs> and did $600,000 damage to the building, and so I punched the pause button on uh, my conversations with Brook Hills for a few weeks, but by the time I got here, um, the goodbye party for David Platt was on Sunday night, and I started my first day in the office on Tuesday morning right after that, so we uh, <laughs> we just, after interviewing with him and everything, totally uh, missed getting to serve with him at all. But um, my wife, Liz, works for E3 Partners. Uh, we've been married 34 years. She leads mission trips, most often to South America, but none of those happen to be going on right now. And uh, if, you're happen if you happen to be listening later, we're in the midst of the coronavirus crisis, and so we're actually going to do uh, podcast episode one will be about what small group leaders can do in adjusting to that. So uh, stay tuned. That's, uh, that's coming. But Jay I've been in. Jared yes. and I are doing our best to respect the uh, six foot radius. Yes, recording here that's right. That's right. We're about three and a half, <laughs> maybe, but uh, trying not to uh, breathe on one another. 
But um, I've been in um, in ministry a little over 35 years, and 32 of those have been, to some degree or another, in small groups ministry. Um, Liz and I have two married kids, Andy and Emily. Um, I actually went to uh, college in uh, Jacksonville, Alabama, at Jacksonville State University. Grew up in northwest Alabama, went to school east Alabama. Um, after that, uh, started serving a church my senior year at Jacksonville State, served Danville Baptist Church up in North Alabama, and then later went to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. And um, one of the things that Chris is, is really going to have to um, work on me with is I was a drummer. And so here when we're recording a podcast, he gives me dirty looks when I start tapping on the table, and my wife knows exactly what we're talking about. If, if she was near, she would kind of slap the back of my hand to get me to stop, but um, <laughs> I don't know if Chris can reach me here, but um, we're going to be working on that problem with uh, tapping out some rhythms. Tape. <laughs> yes, uh, Chris recommended duct tape, so maybe that'll, uh, maybe that'll work as well. Um, I wanted to share maybe a few um, fears about the podcast, but before I do that, just answer some of the questions why. Um, first of all, Chris, I just really wanted to uh, be a part of equipping small group leaders here at Brook Hills, we have two really big meetings a year, and, um, you know, I, I, I just would love to be uh, having the opportunity to speak into the lives of our small group leaders and into their small groups a little bit more. And so um, a couple of years ago, I've got to tell this story. This is just really <laughs> funny. But um, I heard about podcasts all the time, and I was one of those guys that was one of the late adopters to the podcast world. And I'm sure it had been on my iPhone for a few years by then, the podcast out, but I had never really ventured into it that I remember. And one day, I actually Googled how to listen to podcasts. And so I found this article online, and it said uh, that they recommended Overcast podcast app. And so I downloaded that, even though I already had one on my phone. And um, I searched discipleship and found a podcast or two. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And so from that point, I was hooked. And so that's another part of this podcast, just realizing what a phenomenal tool it is uh, just to utilize people's drive time. I'm to the point now that I really don't listen to radio very much. I used to listen to sports talk a good bit, and that was fun. Every now and then I still do, but um, just to be driving and learning and hearing about how other churches make disciples, that's just uh, really fulfilling to me. And so um, I wanted to, uh, to be a part of that. And so thus, here we are with this podcast. Um, also, as, as I'm sort of alluded to, I just really have a, have a passion for making disciples and using small groups to do that. And so we really want to focus on that. There are some podcasts out there that talk about small groups. I found that many of those, Chris, are focused on um, ministry leaders, so to speak. Um, and also some of those podcasts have, uh, maybe they started with the basics, but some, sometimes I feel like they're on the fringe. And one of the things I'd love to do with our podcast is just really focus on the basics. I think there, there are enough different topics within the basics of how to do small groups that we can just, uh, we can continue to do that and shed new light on topics maybe that we've covered before um, mm -hmm. in outlining some things to talk about. With us doing a monthly podcast, I think we've got like 18 months of, <laughs> of uh, <laughs> right. outline already, things that we can talk about. And so um, part of the format of the show, you know, I, I would love to interview Brook Hill small group leaders who are doing some things well and just allow others to be inspired by that. I have the benefit of having those conversations all the time. Um, I'll sit with a small group leader, uh, you know, and we'll be chatting, and, 
and uh, they may have a passion for prayer. And so they're just telling me how their how their small group does prayer in their small group. And so I'm I'm mentally taking these notes. Hey, I I need to communicate that to other small group leaders. And mm-hmm. I, I might be talking with a guy the next week, and he's talking about how they do evangelism or city ministries. And I'm going, wow, that is so cool. I wish all of our other small group leaders knew about that. And so I'm thinking, you know, eventually I'm going, I, if we had a podcast, we could bring those people on and just interview them and, and, and let you hear it straight from them. And so I would love to at least half of the time bring in somebody and just talk to them about what they're doing in their small group. And I'm really excited about that because I think that's very encouraging, uh, especially as a new small group leader, um, because you love to hear how how other folks are doing it. I mean, what and not just how are they doing it, but what sort of reaction are they seeing? What sort of growth are they seeing in their in their little small group family? I mean, we look at our small group as really as part of our family. Uh, there's you've got uh, you know 10, 11 families that you know intimately and you're involved in their lives every day, and um, not necessarily your day, but you at least know what's going on. Um, and to see growth coming out of that and to be able to share that growth with other small group leaders is just a, a way to encourage. So I, I look forward to those interviews, um, A, because I love talking to other small group leaders. I love hearing stories about what they're walking through, um, but also just to use that as a platform to say, you know, hey, for example, we, we really struggled to have anybody speak up and pray at the end of a small group, uh, the pray through prayer requests. Um, and so we tried this one formula change and Besco was said, okay, we're all going to close our eyes and whoever starts praying, we're just going to roll with it. And you'd be surprised about just taking away that mm. one kind of uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Now we've got, you know, everybody in the room wants to pray and it's cool. just over time. It's just a transition. And so, um, just love hearing stories like that, uh, and see people walk through it. So it's gonna be really encouraging to hear those interviews. That's awesome. I mentioned sharing some fears. You know, one of my fears is, um, I'm one of those people I'd Words don't just always roll off my lips like they do for some people, and so I have a little bit of fear with that. But um, my Bible reading plan this year is is going through the whole Bible, but it's it's really key key chapters in the Bible. And recently, I was in Exodus four. You all know the story. You know God has uh, appeared in a burning bush to Moses and is calling him to go back and talk with Pharaoh. And um, let me just read Exodus four ten and eleven. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, with the Lord, O Lord. I am not good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Um, I just want to pause there and say, that is me right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, me too. I'm Moses. Um, <laughs> verse 11, then the Lord asked Moses, and this is good. God just really hit me with it. With this. Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord, now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Well, hey, I am not Moses, but I sure hope God instructs us, Chris, <laughs> in what we, what we say and what we share with others. And, um, you know, having, having had just so much experience uh, in small group ministry, I feel like that I've learned a lot that, that, you know, would be beneficial for people to hear. And one thing here at Brook Hills, working with many, many adult small groups, um, I almost consider that like a a laboratory. I get to to see things happen. I I get to see groups that succeed, and I get to see groups that fail. And I often look into um, you know why they succeed or why they fail. And I think there uh, even our own small group leaders would would enjoy hearing some of those things. Um, you know, the second fear that I have in doing a podcast is that uh, somebody will think that I think that I'm somebody, 
Well, you'll hear in this podcast, um, I'll poke enough fun at myself that you'll know that I don't think that I'm somebody. Um, but I do think I have some things that I've just observed through the years that uh, that you would benefit from, and so that'll be fun. You know, a third fear is just, hey, that it'll fail. I don't know how we would know it would fail. Chris, it's just you and me here talking. We're having a good time. We're not going to pay attention to at all to anybody subscribing or <laughs> we're just going to roll with <laughs> That's it. Right. And That's right. We'll see what happens. Oh, man. And... Um, you know, a fourth thing is, uh, you know, it's more work into an already busy schedule for both Chris and for me. You know, I asked him just a minute ago, hey, how's Wendy with all this? I mean, we've been up here a couple of hours already. Is she good giving up a Sunday afternoon? So You know, you know, we joke um, about that, but it is really funny when my wife and I were, um, were newlyweds and didn't have any kids. Uh, you know, we had just every minute of the day planned out, it seemed. It was just a constant struggle to find time to fit things in. And then, um, you know, two kids into our marriage and we're like, what if we, we have free time? What do we used to do with our time? Like, how do we have free time now? Um, and so I, I'm looking forward to it. It, it definitely is a busy schedule, but, uh, this is going to be fun. Yep. It sure will. What else do we need to cover, Chris? I feel like we've come to the end of the notes here. And, uh, well, I, you know, I want to touch real quick on that first fear you talked about uh, being, not being good with words. I am terrible with words as well. So you're probably going to hear me stumble over myself a couple of times, but I think what is key about that, that verse uh, from Exodus that you uh, that you read. Um, I, I did not attend seminary. I went to Auburn University, so uh, take everything that I say with a grain of salt, definitely. Some people are standing up saluting right now. They think well, Auburn you know, is as good as seminary. I'd rather than glo- give glory to God, but, you know, hey. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but the thing that I probably humbled myself with over the past uh, couple of years is uh, just this journey that we went through in our small group uh, with Romans. Um, and the struggle that I had was, I need to let. I wanted to let Paul teach Romans to my group, and to do that, I had to make sure that I wasn't adding any kind of my own influence in there. And I feel like that's exactly what uh, what Exodus four is telling us mm. is is that you know, as Moses is saying, I, I get tongue tied. I don't know what to say at times. Don't add, don't add or take mm-hmm. away from the truth, because if you do, it's going to make it less true. Um, and that's that's kind of the direction we took. And of course, I had some. Wonderful help from a couple of authors, Timothy Keller and mm. uh, John Stott. But you know, yes, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, certainly wanted to make sure that um, I wasn't trying to come up with a way to explain, because Paul does such a great job. Right. And uh, I had to really kind of pull back on some things that I was writing, you know, mm. in my notes for that process. So yes. definitely, definitely. And we'll be sharing from our own experiences. And um, I'm actually, I tell people, I'm over-involved in small group ministry. Um, I co-lead a Sunday morning small group that started out parents of teens, and then later we um, added some singles to that as, as God grew that and, and some things changed. And then um, at a point, you know, a couple of years after starting that, we needed another group down in Chelsea. And Liz and I had, had hosted um, an off-campus group before in our home and absolutely loved it. There's just something special about meeting with your small group in a home, and so we loved that format. And we also wanted to reach some of our neighbors for Christ, and we've... Um, uh, started that, you know, about three years ago, I think, and, and have actually uh, gathered in some people from our neighborhood who are part of that and some Brook Hills members as well. So we're enjoying that off-campus group as well. One thing, too, that I think some of our listeners might enjoy knowing is at Brook Hills, um, what are small groups at Brook Hills? And I'll just let you know that we call um, all of our adult groups small groups. Uh, about half of our groups 
are on campus. We have two hours on Sunday morning or two sessions on Sunday morning. We also have Wednesday night small groups that meet here on campus. Uh, Wednesday night, we're actually more packed in, uh, have more space concerns on Wednesday night than we do on Sunday morning, I think because we have two different hours. But, um, you know, half on campus and half off campus is kind of the ratio of our adult small groups. And so that'll that'll help you as you understand some of the conversation that we have. But we do refer to all of those as, as small groups. We encourage people to to choose a small group because that's that's how to make the church real is um, just doing life with people in a group. The Bible has, I think it's uh, 47 one another statements. And once a church is beyond 25, 30 people, you really can't be obedient to those one another's unless you're a part of a small group. And so we encourage everyone at Brook Hills to be a part of a small group, and that's where we really do the biblical one another's. And so that's something that's uh, that's important. But there's a little bit of background about our church. Is there anything else background-wise, Chris, you can think of that people might need to know about Brook Hills? I think you've said it very well, but uh, definitely want to add that I'm uh, looking forward to sharing the joy of being a small group leader with others. I think that there's something um, sort of natural that happens as a small group leader is that we get so ingrained into what the next series, the next lesson, or even just the life with our small group uh, family um, and just caring for one another and serving one another that often we forget to feed ourselves and or to be fed by others. And so it's, it's definitely important for a leader um, to be seeking training, seeking, uh, you know, other uh, wisdom from other leaders uh, and just really kind of forming their own um, just community as well uh, to learn what struggles they're having. Mm. Uh, because again, we, we should be fed as well. That's so right. Um, so and, true. Yeah. One of the things we've started recently is doing some um, what we call area lunches with our small group leaders. And like we uh, hit downtown Birmingham and had, uh, I believe, 12 leaders show up for that. And we did one in this area. I think Chris was able to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And We've done a couple of others, and um, I found that the small group leaders just really enjoy sharing ideas and hearing from one another. And so really this, uh, this podcast is going to help with that. So as we close up, I just want to thank you guys for listening today. I want you to know that uh, we plan on doing this monthly, but since this episode is friends and family, and Chris, I haven't even told you this yet, but uh, <laughs> I thought that we would, um, we would go ahead and drop our first two podcasts at the same time so that if somebody hears about the podcast and you really don't care that much about our backgrounds <laughs> or some of the things we've talked about today, you can move on to the first real podcast, which is going to be how to do small group ministry when you can't meet together anymore. And um, here in Alabama, that's, uh, that's what we're facing with the COVID-19 crisis. And so... As we sign off, we just want to say thank you for listening today. I hope that this podcast is going to be a a real blessing to you, and have a blessed day.